Hello, everybody. We're back. Gain it for riffs. The riff podcast. The only podcast for riffs. How are you doing, Ole? I'm doing extremely well, I must say. Thank you very much for asking. Great, great. Uh, I guess we're ready to kick off another episode. Yes. The riffs, they just keep coming, right? Yeah, There's they no just keep coming. no shortage of good riffs out there. No. Uh, I mean, the only thing that stops us from just, uh, you know, making episode after episode every day is that you have to learn the riffs also. And I find that the, to be a challenging but rewarding part of doing this podcast. Very happy about it so far. Sure, sure. You have to learn the riffs and uh, you have to maybe have, a, I guess, a clue about uh, what the discussion could be. But to be honest, I quite often just trust in you to have <laughs> comments or or a trivia and so far so good i would say so, <laughs> no, but i mean i, I mean, know stuff about these bands but obviously i just kind of trust in you to have something to yeah add to it or some questions and no, it has been working i would say yeah i mean uh, not surprisingly you uh, you uh, you helped me a lot also uh, especially in the music theory department uh and uh, i mean it, i'm also like it it that also makes me want to learn more it's really like uh, the tagande as we say in swedish yeah um so uh yeah why not uh, cut the bullshit and just uh, get on with it yeah i would say so let's do that and uh, i think you're first out today so yeah. i'm all ears yeah uh, see if i remember <laughs> Funny little riff, very fun. Yeah, uh, I can say straight it? out of the gate that uh, I probably haven't heard it before because it's it had a lot of characters. So if I had heard it, either it was buried in with other stuff, or uh, uh, I just haven't heard it because yeah. I don't recognize it. But and it sounds recognizable. Yes, uh, but you have heard it, and uh, but you you it comes. It's a bit out of left field because it's a bit uh, the, the origin is a bit surprising. Maybe. Uh, if you look at the track record of our hmm? uh, Gain It For Riff podcast. But I can give you a clue. This riff is from France, a French origin. France. And it's uh, from a band or a duo, rather, that maybe is more well-known ah, for their I know ele- I electronic know <laughs> uh, music. So, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. It's because you moved it to another genre. Now I know it's uh, this is uh, from the duo Justice. Yes, uh, Paris-based, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, like uh, one of the figureheads for Ed Banger Records and uh, that whole style of um, dance music. Uh, and this must be off of the audio, video, disco album. Exactly. And which song? Can you guess? Uh, it's not New Lands. No. Uh, I was about to pick New Lands, actually. Not today, <laughs> but uh, someday. Uh, because of the ACDC vibe in that one, you know, it's like uh, for those about to rock, uh, read, reduce, uh, Redux. But uh, I just exactly. had to play New Lands because I was gonna play it anyway. Also, it's it's part of my um, idea of this picking this riff that this band has uh, uh, chosen quite a you know like a 
you know they, they went for the rock angle uh, sure and uh, but uh, the, the song uh, i chose uh, from the start is called helix and helix the, yes oh, yeah that's helix. one of the great ones super funky bass in that one helix <laughs> helix and uh, actually I, I i i knew that i wanted to pick it um or Newlands, and I actually, I'm uh, I'm gonna incorporate Newlands uh, because I also learned that one. But uh, I wanted to yeah. p- pick this one because maybe you remember we were you once worked in uh, a place called KGB. Uh, sure. And uh, for those who KGB, I mean, in, in it's yeah, it's a known, known name, right? KGB, like the Ru- Ka- Russian secret police, and it was yeah. a Russian themed uh, restaurant and live venue. And uh, Soviet. In, Theme. In in Nederlands is uh, Ka uh, <laughs> Bay. So yeah, <laughs> Jesus, that's language you can't speak it if you have a sore throat, or maybe no. it will clear your sore throat. <laughs> speaking this, yeah, it's a fantastic language. Yeah. yeah. So so Helix uh, was one of five uh, singles off of the audio video disco album. That five came singles. Out. Yeah, that's mighty, isn't it? Five yeah. singles that like leads my thoughts to uh, I don't know. Uh, Seven Son of a Seven Son, four. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What other albums have had these huge amount of singles? Yeah, Metallica Black album had five uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's like uh, a huge success type of amount. Hmm. You know, you would stop it after three if they didn't do that well. <laughs> basically, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna play the riff again so we have it fresh in our minds because I want to deep dive. Yeah, yeah. Very fun, very fun riff. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I love the descending part at the end. It's yeah. very nice. Yeah, really it ties you in. It hooks you up. Yeah. So the, that first part then gets a um, a uh, uh, a harmony, uh, which is a bit uh, higher up, uh, which goes like this. Yeah, and it gets an additional harmony, and the whole song kind of. It, it has several really good riffs, but I think this one the, at the start is really memorable and really, really fun to play. So that's why I picked that one. Yeah. And it's also fun to not take something uh, that it's immediately rock or metal, but it's actually like danceable and uh, is made for a dance audience, but with such clear inspiration from rock. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, big into uh, this duo at this uh, particular time, this album, yes. the kind of. The, the the angle they went for really worked for me. So I checked out some interviews, and I'm not going to steal your trivia. <laughs> but <laughs> one thing I really remember is that uh, uh, the guy said that uh, previously we had uh, an urban nighttime vibe, and this time around we want a uh, rural daytime vibe. Yeah. So it and it's really it, it's successful. I think it's a successful uh, conceptual idea. Yeah, I mean they they wanted something more like rounded. I mean, still it sounds kind of uh, there is some heavy stuff going on. But uh, if you compare it to the like the sawtooth synths and keyboards on the first uh, album, that's really like great thing. You know, it grates your ear sort of. Uh, this album yeah. is more relaxed to listen to, and they also. Uh, recorded a lot uh, live in the studio like uh, with real instruments that was also like part yeah. of the yeah. uh, the idea so this is it this is played on a guitar um but i think it's 
probably double tracked with the synth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great at production. Really mm. like artistic in the way they put together the sounds. It's not like it's not just means to an end or anything like that. They really seem to dive into the process. I mean, maybe you should give a quick introduction of these uh, these guys because I'm not sure how big they are. For example, with American listeners. Um, so uh, Justice, <laughs> maybe they're called in, uh, Justice? Fra- in the Paris. Uh, oui. Uh, no, the uh, Gaspard and uh, Xavier, uh, two uh, Paris, uh, I think they grew up in the suburbs, or they might be white uh, middle class, uh, you know, that's, it could be anything. Uh, but they were, uh, uh, they, they got really like a head start with their single dance, uh, D-A-N-C-E. One, two, three, four, five. You know, this really like uh, yeah. with kids' vocals and uh, like it got played everywhere. From it's a banger. First, uh, from the first album, banger. Cross. Uh, but they also made uh, like this video for the song. Uh, I don't know if it was Planisphere. We or Are Your some... Friends? No. Do you remember the song where they, there is, uh, it was quite controversial. It was made with that intent, I think. They oh, okay. hi- hired a, a director who went to the project outside of um, Paris and mm. uh, it, they recorded uh, they recorded uh, this young thugs that uh, ran around uh, like setting fire to things beating people up as a re- really like yeah uh, yeah it's quite controversial it's a bit like this uh, Ruben Östlund film that came out a few years mm-hmm. ago uh, to spark controversy but it was also successful for uh, the single uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I've been in suburban Paris. It's quite rough. Yeah. It really is. Like it's on levels that you, it's hard to find in um, in Sweden or mm. probably even Netherlands. I don't know. There are some ghettos in Netherlands, I guess. We're not going to get caught up uh, on ghettos. But anyway, yeah. It's, we'll uh, see. We'll see. I, mean, I, mean, I usually bike around in them uh, quite a lot these days. Uh, I do long bike rides and I, I look for places that uh, people normally wouldn't go. I, I found it found them intriguing but uh, what i've heard from this uh, uh, parish uh, parisian suburbs uh, yeah you uh, you have to take it uh, take it easy yeah. uh, and, uh, what about time frame here a little bit of a time frame for, uh, uh, for so, maybe this album and justice so in general audio video disco came out in 2011 so it's like almost 10 years ago uh, mm-hmm. and it was huge it was really big uh, they it, it, it's but it's a it's a type of Music, I think that's uh, well. It, it's totally. L- it, it was there for a moment. It was kind of trending uh, really heavily, but then it disappeared. I would say. I mean, they yeah, still exist. Feels... They released an album two years ago, uh, but it's not as big as it used to be. Oh, it feels old somehow, right? Maybe because it's dance music. So ten yeah. years is like uh, fifty years of rock or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, it, it evolves much faster, and I think this uh, it, what was fresh for a moment that they involved uh, guitars and like yeah, the, the, all these rock riffs. Uh, it kind of it got old. It gets old faster because of that in yeah. the dance genre. Uh, I but remember I, Daft Punk also did uh, guitar stuff uh, yeah. like uh, that kind of. Kind of almost a bit uh, towards the snakes for the divine riff from our episode <laughs> one, actually. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't remember the name of the song. Where, not yeah. around the world, but the other big hits. So. Yeah. Also from uh, Paris, I think. Mm. No, but you're right. I, mean, I was, I was gonna uh, ask you if, uh, I mean, because you also uh, you uh, dabbled or in uh, in electronic music and you enjoy a, sure. a rave. 
now and then. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you say people listen to now? What is the big uh, genre? Uh, yeah, first of all, Justice is probably not gonna turn up at uh, like a, a techno or house rave because they no. don't really fit in that. Uh, maybe house in a house rave, they, uh, but I, I've met people on raves that like uh, that uh, are into Justice, mm. but they are maybe considered a bit too uh, too mainstream or too soft or something like that. Yeah. not like uh, hard edged enough or, or so mm. forth, but. Yeah, I I I don't really go to raves anymore. But uh, there was a little phase when I was sick of uh, rock concerts. They felt so predictable to me, and then I I figured I might try to go to um, to um, electronic music parties, and uh, yeah. it was a very fresh breeze for me. And uh, the thing is, however, that I didn't really nerd into the music too much. I had this kind of attitude that I didn't want to know any of the songs uh, that mm. the DJ played or the live act played. I wanted it all to be new and fresh in that moment because of uh, I was so sick of the same old rock concert okay. formula. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't really own much records in in dance music. You know, obviously I've played some on SoundCloud and and Spotify and so forth. So, but I would say that uh, definitely more hard and more artistic, experimental. I guess I, justice is artistic, but yeah, you, you catch my drift, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, that the the first album is really more hard hitting, a bit more, you know, uh, for sure it was a more of a uh, really breakthrough, and they were like kind of in line with uh, with the times. Um, and, it, and then came an album that I really liked, but of course, like Pitchfork hates it. Pitchfork hates <laughs> uh, audio, video, disco. They they hate everything that I like. So I mean, no surprises there. But yeah. it really like speaks to okay. They were you know they were doing something that I found very interesting. And I think uh, like you say, yeah. Daft Punk also like their latest album. It's a lot of uh, everything was you know recorded uh, analog, right? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My example was a bit earlier, Daft Punk, but uh, they they yeah. also went that route and made a very funk seventies disco inspired album with. Uh, Random Access Memories, which mm. I loved when it came out, but it quickly kind of faded out for me. I have like, I have, I'm more fond of audio video disco than that one in mm. uh, in hindsight. Yeah, and then they got the uh, Justice got the, their I think their first big uh, breakthrough when they uh, remixed a song by MGMT, uh, and then I mean that was it's it it kind of it, it makes sense they're kind of in the same vein of this like maybe justice is a bit harder more dance music but then you have this kind of electronic uh rock pop uh, that MGMT uh kind of they were like the biggest band in the world mm. for very shortly but it's kind of insane to think how big they were uh, yeah yeah there were documentaries and, about this basically it's the Ed Banger sound Ed yeah. Banger being a record label yeah or um, and I'm not sure if there was just a record label or maybe a promoter or more, but mm. uh, the Ed Banger sound is that kind of uh, sawtoothy, hard hitting, but also kind of mainstream. I would yeah. say yeah. Uh, the way it sounds, it's it works for a larger audience, and mm. it was me for me. It was a good entrance into dance music. I always enjoyed oh, yeah. electronic music ever since I started, right? With uh, like we addressed Mega Man songs and mm. soundtracks, and yeah. I like instrumental music. I like electronic music since forever. But uh, this was the ticket into a more dance-oriented. Yeah, and I think that uh, actually I was <laughs> I was about to to talk about it before when I I, I kind of lost my track. But I was talking about uh, K, uh, KGB, uh, KBG, uh, KGB, where you worked. Yeah, uh, yeah you KGB, you sure. worked as sound engineer for bands, uh, and I ha- hung out with you for free beers down in the basement. Uh, 
couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I almost got fired because of that one time. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's in the past. But I kind of took over the DJ, uh, <laughs> the music. Yeah. And then I played this, uh, this song. Uh, Helix yeah. and the yeah, dance floor went crazy. I mean, maybe it was like uh, ten people dancing, but they got really happy. So, <laughs> I think that yeah, it's a small venue. So <laughs> down there in that venue, if it's forty, it's packed. So uh, oh, yeah, with ten really people small. dancing, it was like a good vibe. And uh, yeah. I remember we blasted it on so high volume. So my <laughs> boss came down and like, guys, uh, you're destroying the system. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. were not. We with were not really, destroying the system. This, it was great. Just for the record, it was awesome. With this voice that really like. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in you, son. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that what what they what they heard what what they heard was. Uh, I mean, it's a good, it's a really good riff. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the song is it's just it's a short instrumental uh, at the end of uh, the album. Just before that is uh, Newlands, which I think it's a. It's a, it, like it's a rock song. It's, a, it's there's no song. there's no danceable aspect to it, and uh, but it's it it goes like this. Uh, I'll I'll play it again. it has this chorus that's uh, really nice because I, I would see it, it would be fun for you if you <laughs> remember mm -hmm. I got really inspired when I heard how they played it. it's like uh, you know this like new lands it goes like this Clearly, it's ACDC, right? Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. other way of looking at this composition. And that makes it a little bit danceable because I would say that among rock and hard rock artists, ACDC has the most dance uh, out of yeah. maybe all. They really have a dance groove. And I remember way back in uh, like high, uh, high school or before that, my friend said, like, the drums in ACDC are so tight that it's house music. <laughs> 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 and it's that four on the floor vibe of course exactly. maybe a little bit slower but uh, phil rudd is actually one of my all-time favorite drummers mm -hmm. so surely there's dance there and uh, yeah. new lands uh, really takes that um heritage and yeah. uh, makes another great song of it yeah but i think it's one of the the probably one of the most like straight rock songs uh like the most most rock and roll songs on yeah. that album and when i saw i went to see justice live uh, when they played it, it just fell flat. It didn't work mm -hmm. at all. It was it like no, mm -hmm. the rest of the sh rest of the show. Everyone's dancing and singing, and this song, yeah. And if you know uh, Justice, of course they they uh, they record everything with instruments. But uh, when they play live, it's just them behind a like uh, a black felt table uh, with the cross. Uh, that's yeah, they're blinking. doing the Kraftwerk thing. Yeah. Um, just standing there, probably doing something. No one knows if they're doing something, and no one should really care. It's not something you should like 
uh, scrutinize like oh, what are they playing live or what are they not playing live it doesn't really matter right no they're using ableton i think uh you know pre-recorded stuff that they uh they line up but you're right i mean that's that's the thing that, that's the gist of it the music should you know move the people but they're really economical there and uh uh, when when the song is not danceable, when people are not dancing, it doesn't work. And it was really like, oh, yeah, that song didn't really work. Uh, but on album, I think it's a great song. It's really like yeah. got all these uh, dual twin guitar leads uh, that come in. It's yeah, it's really nice. I remember I saw that uh, I saw that show as well. But uh, I was like kind of mildly impressed. I was mm-hmm. on the like it was three out of five. Uh, me and my uh, girlfriend at the time shared like. A, Full bottle of Bacardi rum before we went in, uh, like uh, 35 cent liters each, and hoped for that to really amp us up. But to be honest, we should have had ecstasy or something. Just saying. It well, would have been better. Uh, I had an unforgettable show because my phone got stolen. <laughs> oh, man. The day after I, call, <laughs> I called my insurance company, and I've never heard anyone. I didn't, I didn't know what to think, but the, the lady who has, I was like, yeah, my, I was at a concert yesterday, and my phone got stolen. And she was like, oh, good man, poor you. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. And I didn't, it's like, what? Is she serious <laughs> or is she ironic? It was so strange. That's all you got too, right? Yeah. Or did you get money back? I did. I did get money. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then or, you can take that, that kind of whether it was mocking you or not. Yeah, but it was. Just, I was so, so a bit taken aback. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I felt like I, I am stupid. I lost my phone at the concert. Uh, but <laughs> do I really deserve this, or is she being like? It was very weird. It's like the most. If I think about that concert, that is the only thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That happens when when you know when you get a dent like that. And maybe if the concert would have been legendary level good, maybe <laughs> you would have had you know another memory. But now it's all yeah. kind of trumped by uh, you losing your phone and yeah. it's just being a normal concert. Exactly, normal exactly. concert. No, but it, it was it was nice. They, they released a uh, a live album as well um, and a movie. Uh, I think it was also called Across the Universe, a documentary. Uh, which really like uh, paints them in this v- uh, very uh, uh, cynical and n- not very friendly way. They they seem like two assholes. Uh, unfortunately, in one scene, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Xavier, the the smaller guy with less of uh, facial hair, uh, he yep. hits uh, they're in a fight and he hits a guy in the back of his head with uh, with a bottle. Uh, and he falls to the ground. It's, it's very strange. I don't know why they kept that in. It's it's bad worth. Move. It's the it's worst move, thing yeah. I saw. And after that, I, I don't know if that was the reason why I stopped listening to them, or they just kind of fell out of the times. But um, yeah, I, I, was, I guess they uh, did in a sense. But maybe we overhyped this album also when it came. You know that happens sometimes when when a product is easily digestible. Yeah. Because I would say it's a very easily digestible album. It's not a hard listen. And maybe that's why, you know, after a while you feel kind of like, let's say you ate cake. Every day you ate a slice of cake. Exactly. You'd be like, nah, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, and I must say that the, the vocalist that they have, that they hire, is really boring. It's like the, the, most, the most bland uh, vocals. Uh, I always thought that was on purpose. Like, yeah, they, it might like, be. The it vocalist might... should not be like a frontman with character, just a, a voice. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, but it's really like, yeah, it's it's someone they took in to, yeah, do the, do the deed, let's say. So, yeah. but that's yeah. why it kind of also shows uh, Helix uh, before Newlands because it's 
it aged better, I think. And this riff is really fun to play. It's um, uh, so you're, you're on a uh, you start with a D power chord, and then you 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 slide away a little bit, so you get this kind of that effect, which I I like slides really fun. I mean, it slides into nothing, but. And then that's my favorite slide. <laughs> this slide into Some kind of pentatonic, right? Uh, going on there. Yeah. yeah. It, for me, it sounds like a um, 70s uh, British uh, prog rock riff. A little yeah. Bit. yeah. Like a band such as Camel could definitely groove out on. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great riff. I mean, yeah. all criticism we have aside and the fact that maybe it didn't age super well all that aside this album is actually full of uh, great riffs yeah the oh, first song totally. is like horsepower or something like that yeah exactly yeah. sounds even more 70s uh, prog rock uh, it's a very british uh, hard rock as meets uh, prog rock and a little bit of disco mm. vibe to it and yeah. great riffs i would uh, if i would recommend anything of their catalog it's the uh, 17 minute long planisphere uh, song it's uh, like in, in four parts I think but it they put it together uh, at the at the re, uh, at the newer release of audio video disco it's really good it's not as uh, rocky as this one but it does have like a killer guitar solo in the end and it's this I like that aspect I like when it's really like over the top uh, like when, yeah. at the in the live album the, when they play uh, Master of Puppets, you know they like, play Master of Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great actually. Like they play Master of Puppets. There are no guitars or anything. They actually play the song Master of Puppets, right? They yeah. put it on. Yeah. Or exactly. maybe they remixed it slightly or something like that. Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. No. Uh, that's but... great. That, I love that. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's kind of a cocky move, isn't it? Mm. Just put on a Metallica song. It's like when uh, I think it's. Uh, uh, is it Run DMC? No, it's uh, Public Enemy. Uh, they're uh, they're doing like they're sampling Slayer also in the song. I don't know if you yeah. heard that one. It's really good. Uh, I've uh, heard. Uh, is it the the, the hip hop song? Right. Um, she watched Channel Zero. I yeah, think. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that kind of unfit. It's heavy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't you play that a bit longer? I like it. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm one step too low here. So it's original <laughs> okay. in, in E flat. This is um, a D flat or C sharp. And then I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so forth great yeah. riffs nice great song. nice uh yeah but i think my point is i really like this when it uh when it comes as a shock uh also i really loved when uh kanye west uh, sampled uh, 21st century schizoid man uh really just <laughs> out from nowhere not out of nowhere that song is so funny you brought it out to me and then i noticed like this song is in a ford commercial and in this song he sings <laughs> Hi Kanye, how you doing? I'm good. I was drinking. Now I'm driving. <laughs> Ford is using it. Uh, Obviously not that part, but I still had a good laugh about this. Uh, that's great. <laughs> okay, we dropped uh, quite uh, some interesting names in this um, in this podcast. Uh, okay, but let's move on. Uh, and yeah. Play, play uh, it one more time. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. 
riff it's fun it's a fun riff yeah i think uh, my riff of uh, the week is also fun actually and uh, i'm fairly positive that you will know it and recognize it uh, let's see the mm. original is uh, slightly lower tuned uh, uh, one half step down from here but right. i'm not gonna go there because uh, I, i'm just happy that the guitar works in this tuning i'm not gonna risk it <laughs> it goes something like this <laughs> Remember it? No, I don't know it. You don't? No. Okay. What is this? It's... I'm like, what is going on? I was like, just should I know it? Yeah, kind of. But I, I mean, you definitely know the guitarist uh, in okay. question. But it's a bit of an older tune. I can. Maybe you can feel the groove. It's typical for this guy. There's also like a vibraphone on top of it, which was originally attracting me to this song. That plays along with this kind of falling. Oh, it's uh, is it Queens of the Stone Age? Correct. Yeah. Uh, is it? Ooh, uh, no, it's not. Is it? Um, oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the lost art of remembering which Queens of the Stone yes! Age song it was. <laughs> it's the lost, uh, uh, <laughs> the lost art of keeping a secret. Exactly. Ah, oh, was the first song that uh, uh, presented uh, this uh, guitarist uh, Yosha Homi to me. Was okay. the song. And, uh, I instantly I was kind of attracted to the spy vibe of it. You know, mm -hmm. it's a little bit secret. Uh, secret is in the title, and with that vibraphone dropping down, and this kind of uh, this kind of uh, almost stiff but uh, groovy rhythm, like uh, bouncy. Oh, yeah. I like it. But it's the it's this vibraphone on top that really like uh, uh makes it recognizable, I think. Uh, yeah, I would say so too. It's it's key for that song. Yeah. So how how does that part go? Uh I'll try it. Something like uh... <laughs> But it doesn't oh, yeah. sound too nice in a distorted <laughs> electric guitar. But it's that uh, that little run. Yeah, uh, interesting. Interesting. It, it's uh, it, it has. Uh, I think this song really has a lot of character. It was one of the, um, really like the breakout songs from uh, Queens of the Stone Age that 
it, it kind of he showed uh, Joshua Holm showed he showed the world that he was more than just uh, the guitar player of Caius. That he he, yep. he and he but he didn't want to make the kind of music that you would expect. You would expect him uh, kind of to go the way of Dave Grohl, maybe to make something like poppy, recognizable without any. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 like that's how it goes normally. But if you listen to Caius, you know the the riffs are fucking strange, and yeah, he he likes to go that uh, make make everything quite angular and uh, a bit like difficult. You know, he makes it difficult for himself, but in a good way. Yeah. I'm a fan of his vocal style, actually. I quite dig it. But like, yeah. He's not doing any like... Or anything <laughs> like that. He's very clean, right? Very yeah. almost a uh, little bit androgynous. And how do you pronounce that word? Uh, androgynous. Androgynous. Androgynous, maybe. Yeah, he's a little bit androgynous in his in his voice. I feel like he's got like this kind of... He keeps it he keeps it at a low dynamic, kind of. And in this song, I've got a secret. I cannot tell. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, very nice. Uh, he has a very good falsetto, and I'm a sucker oh, yeah. for good falsettos. In the chorus, whatever you do, don't, don't tell, tell anyone. anyone. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell. I like that. Oh yeah, but you have the uh, no. It's very also known for that. Uh, don't tell anyone. Uh, kind of, you know this. Uh, uh, it's kind of slack yard uh, delivery, uh, but for yeah. sure falsettos. And I remember reading an old interview in the Close Up magazine. Uh, it was the fr- it was for this album, I think. Uh, Close Up magazine, uh, dearly departed uh, uh, publication that we read from uh, perm to perm, uh, every page we read. Pretty much we for kids. about ten years, I read that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was an interview with Yoshom. Uh, and uh, they were talking about like yeah his new band and uh, who who's gonna sing and he had asked um, uh, the singer from Caius uh, Garcia uh, John Garcia right yeah to sing and John Garcia said no no you you gonna you gonna do your own band you should sing man and he was he was really scared oh. uh, for doing that but I think he it took him a while also in the first album it's not so that interesting. Uh, probably True. stepping on some uh, <laughs> Kotsa fans' toes right now, but uh, for this album, the rated R, right? Uh, yeah, it really R. found his voice. Uh, uh, this yeah. this one and uh, the one that came after the the big hitmaker album. Uh, yeah. With with Dave Grohl on drums, actually. They're, that's true. Song, songs yeah. for the deaf, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're frequent collaborators, but uh, I kind of. You have to uh, you have to give it to Josh to make more interesting music. Uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I'm actually quite tired of Dave at this. Yeah, point. I mean, you're, he's you know, super. Maybe maybe he's just a guy that you get grow, grow tired of. He's just a lot, I guess. I don't that know. being said, Dave Grohl, you're super welcome to join uh, Gain It for Riffs uh, any day you want. Yeah. just call me. No problem. Yeah, no. come on, join the fun. Join the fun. <laughs> give us some shit back. <laughs> Oh, oh, he could give us some shit for well, sure. Yeah. Josh, uh, is a little. He's a little bit. I mean, he's also proven to be a bit of a dick and everything. But musically, I find that he's much more interesting. And actually, my second favorite uh, Queens of the Stone Age album after Rated R is the first one. Mm. I quite dig it. But you're right about the vocals being maybe a little bit subdued. Yeah. And uh, I, I lost them uh, later. But I, you know, after years passed, I picked up I think every single album they did for a bit at least and mm. gave it a proper chance and. 
he he's a good songwriter. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I think I, I I must have dozed off after. Um, now I don't remember what that album is called. That's crazy. That's uh, their biggest album. But, uh, what is it called? Songs for the Deaf. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why you dozed off because it's uh, lullabies to paralyze. So you were lullabied into. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So it's, yeah, exactly. I was lullabied into uh, <laughs> yeah deafness paralyzation. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah, but it, I mean, the, the songs for the deaf had a uh, go with the flow, and uh, no one knows. But uh, let's yep. stick on uh, Rate Dar and let's stick on uh, this particular riff. So, what's going on in this yeah. riff? Well, yeah, what's going on here? It's like you start, you're in, you should be in C. I'm in C sharp. Uh, that's just how it's gonna be, folks. And you start on. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna speak as if I was in C. You start on C, uh, power chord, and uh, the main power chord position on the seventh fret of the fifth string. And, and then those little pull-offs there are on the A string, not on the, uh, not on the low string, it's on the fifth string. And then uh, you head down to the position of uh, the same position, but on uh, the sixth string. And you keep falling down um, semi-notes from there. And then a little fill at the end. Oh yeah. And uh, in the chorus version, they kind of uh, punk it up by um, uh, using the first chord is the same, but then they add an um, they go an octave higher for the second for the other chords and change the end a little bit. So. I'm like... Which I find very energetic, and I like it. Oh yeah. And the feeling I would get from this riff is, uh, yeah, for sure that spy feeling. Yeah. And also just like a good rock out. It's just a rock out, isn't it? Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was now reminded when I saw them at um, uh, Hultsfred, the Swedish festival, also dearly departed. Uh, or maybe not so dearly for me. I didn't quite like it, but uh, I'm not the festival guy. Departed gang. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely departed. Uh, Kotsa, Queens of Stone Age were playing. And they had uh, their frequent collaborator, Mark Lanigan, on stage. Mark Lanigan, uh, yeah, quite semi-famous uh, uh, vocalist from yeah. Screaming Trees and some other collaborations. But he, he, was, he would always be on uh, a couple of songs on each uh, Queens of the Stone Age albums for a few years. And he was on stage and, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Mark Lanigan's there. And my brother... <laughs> Yeah, I was with your brother at this time, so I really have a vivid memory of this. Because yeah. for some odd reason, I'm not going to really stand by this, but for some odd reason, your your brother and me hated Mark Lanigan. <laughs> like, what is this fool doing here? We don't want him here. Just, who is this douche with a, with a trucker cap on? Like, they already have a singer. We completely didn't get it for some odd reason. Yeah. He's okay, I guess. I, I'm still not a fan, but yeah. Maybe you want to defend him? Uh, no, because... <laughs> I think I think, I think yeah. <laughs> not really. I mean, he, he he's on some good tracks uh, for sure, but uh, and he has a very distinct voice. But uh, the way he sings and like the kind of subject matter he takes uh, he takes on is kind of dark, and it is like listening more and more as time goes on. You know, he releases album after album, and it's just like. Uh, it's it's too it's too angsty. It's too teenage. Mm. Uh, we speak we speak sometimes about the twelve year old's diary, but I mean that's kind of the feel I get from him. 
Yeah, and I mean, when it's done in Cemetery Gates by Phil, it's charming. When he's doing it, it's kind of posy, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like he's this kind of cigarette whiskey pose guy. Yeah, cigarettes and whiskey, mm. feeling sad. That kind of, <laughs> that's the vibe I get yeah. from him. And being maybe a bit too, I think he changes his voice. I don't think he's not using his natural voice. I, no. I feel like he's, uh, as you say in Swedish, krystad. Uh, yeah, and you don't need uh, another cover of Where Did You Sleep Last Night after Kurt Cobain has done it. And then Mark Lanigan comes and like, <laughs> Where Did You Sleep Last Night, this old uh, blues uh, hit. Um by Lead Belly, right? Uh, which is, it's a kind of a mur- murder ballad, maybe, or you no, know, it sounds like a murder ballad. It fits Mark Lanigan perfectly just because, you know, you're he's supposed to sing that sort of songs. And that's why I'm tired of him. I'm sorry, Mark. Um, but I really like you, and you're also welcome on this podcast anytime you want. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, going, going back to uh, Josh and his riffs. Uh, I think... Uh, there are some good material surrounding like the sound of first uh, chaos but then uh, also like by proxy obviously the sound of queens of the stone age mm. that it's heavily inspired by the californian desert and yeah. uh, that goes back to maybe his a little bit a sleepy vocal style you know it hangs <laughs> you might not have that much energy when you're in like the hot desert sweating and you're a ginger yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you have to conserve energy and uh, i mean what they did uh, famously was that they went into the desert uh, told their friends that they were going to have a generator party and they brought the generator and they played until the lights and the power went out and then they went home uh, so they played uh, it, which sounds amazing right yeah it's uh, awesome yeah, that kind of goes back to uh, we uh, previously in this episode addressed uh, rave parties. That's kind of a stoner rock rave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, generator like an, an open air rave. They also use generators mm. and do it all night. So. Yeah, that's cool. Imagine also a starlit desert and everything. You know, probably quite vibe rich. Exactly. It's it's kind of you know it, it, in a way it it's part of a whole. I would say this uh, guitar part. So it's nice that you played the the vibraphone part. And when you played it on guitar, it really just it sounds a lot like his uh, uh, other lead parts that he sprinkles across his songs. Yeah, he likes uh, weird scales a lot. Like he likes that one, you know, which kind of half step or whole step scale, like. Exactly. Carnival-esque. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen seen this, you should uh, uh, see the episode of Guitar Moves uh, where Matt Sweeney interviews Josh Homme. Yeah. It's maybe the best thing you can find on YouTube. It's uh, these two guitar players. Uh, one is interviewing the other. Matt Sweeney had this uh, short-lived uh, but highly entertaining uh, show on YouTube called Guitar Moves that was maybe yeah. uh, sponsored by Dunlop uh, Noisy. Like this. It was noisy. Uh, maybe it was sponsored as well, but it yeah. was part of noisy, I think. Yeah, and uh, then uh, he went. <laughs> so, so they're really, they're really nice. Uh, Matt Sweeney. Uh, how, uh, quick question: How many times have you seen the full duration of this episode of Guitar Moves? Maybe seven, eight times. Th- th- that's a lot yeah, for same, YouTube same. video. <laughs> and it's, they, just, it's just great. Yeah, they start the off sweating si- buckets. They sweaty already in the start. <laughs> yeah. It's buckets of sweat, <laughs> like really sleepy, and they're just they're going into this also discussion about uh, a tapping move that some guitarist is doing. Oh, like, it... yeah, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. And then it's just, you know, I don't know. They I'm not I don't think even think they're stoned. They're just like really sweating buckets in the heat and, yeah. and just kind of losing it over this uh guitar move. Uh, <laughs> they talk about uh it's easy top, it's uh, Billy um uh guitarist from Silly Gibbons who does this uh, move that they both like were wondering like how does he do it like Matt Sweeney like I always wondered how he does it and then like Josh was like yeah but he told me once what he does is he does one tap one tap <laughs> 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 it, it, I mean this, this becomes uh, I mean but Matt Sweeney that turns to the camera is like for, for you who don't know uh Tapping is considered vulgar <laughs> by outside <laughs> the metal circles. <laughs> it's really fun. But doing one tap, that is exquisite. Yeah. Yeah, we quickly touched on this in uh, episode one, actually, when you talked about god awful tapping. Yeah. I, said, I was like, kidding yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, I like yeah. tapping. Full disclosure, I like tapping. But yeah. uh, uh, Richie Blackmore doesn't like it. And it's vulgar, I guess. <laughs> and then you said, like, I like the one tap. So <laughs> yeah, now we like found, finally got to that. Yeah. Uh, some seven episodes in um yeah and they i mean it, it's great you you should watch this i i hope it comes out with some new ones although the last one he did i think should be taken off the internet he makes a he ha yeah. has a into you've seen this also right he doesn't yeah, with them it's just really sad it shouldn't be online actually uh, he's, it's just before he's really ill uh, you can see it i mean it's not long before lemmy dies uh, yeah, and Lemmy himself is like complaining about his own playing in the video, which yeah, makes it really sad. And uh, Sweeney is trying to keep up the mood. It sounds awesome to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great to me. And uh, you know, Lemmy is just dying there. It's yeah, I would I would say that that really speaks for uh, Lemmy's uh, generosity. You know, he didn't need to be there, but he really like he wants to. You know, he doesn't care about making money or anything. He just like ah, oh, this guy asked me. Of course, I'm gonna join. You know, like yeah. he does these things. That's who he was. Yeah. So I, I mean, in a way, I hope he enjoyed it somehow. I mean, Matt, sure. Matt seems like a sweet guy, so that, that's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, great show actually. I wish there were more episode episodes. I think it was a big inspiration for Gain It for Riffs. Mm. Yeah, uh, totally. The, the guitar moves actually. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Matt Sweeney. I mean, he plays guitar on a bunch of records. He's uh, uh, a lot with Bonnie Prince Billy, my girlfriend's favorite artist, uh, who I might bring. Uh, it was a really good riff, actually, but I'm not going to... I'll surprise you later. But yeah, uh, Matt Sweeney, look him up if you don't know. Guitar moves, fantastic. Very fun, yeah. I don't know, do you have anything more on Josh Home? Uh, or uh, Queens of the Stone Age, or Caius, or Desert Rock? And I mean... Like, uh, what do you prefer? I never asked you. Do you prefer Queens of the Stone Age or do you prefer Chaos? <sighs> when I was 14, I preferred Chaos. Now I don't listen to either <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, right. It comes back. It comes back. And I, I, I do, I think I more enjoy um, listening to him talk about stuff. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he is quite sharp and uh, funny he's a, a closet comedian i would say uh, a lot of attitude as well he's he has a little bit of a like tough guy attitude but he's not boring about it it's not a boring tough guy attitude mm. Fun. no exactly like, you can't downstroke no you can't upstroke your way to f toughness <laughs> yeah that's also <laughs> from guitar moves <laughs> yeah i mean it's good stuff <laughs> and uh, for me it, it would be uh 
traditionally Queens of the Stone Age. Like that's the band I listened to when I was uh, 13, 14 already. Yeah. And then Caius came in much later for me. I now I now and then I put on like the best songs off of um, Sky Valley album mm. on, in a party context, but I don't listen to it so often alone, if ever. Uh, no, but he is a really good guitar player, I would say, and he he di- did some, uh, you know, like uh, I would say, oh, this is perfect. Let's see. I mean, they have for sure a heavy influence from Black Sabbath, as do many. And um, it's interesting to see to see where he took off, uh, because I think that I feel that that influence disappears somewhat in uh, uh, in Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, he, he uh, I mean, I mean, maybe you disagree, but I think uh, he does some uh, some things on his own there also. That's uh, no, I, I agree completely. Actually, I mm-hmm. think what he did with Queens of the Stone Age, which was a good move, is that he went a little bit back to his basics, which, funnily enough, uh, is polka, <laughs> because yeah. the, the only guitar te- the only guitar teacher in the desert was a polka player, and uh, that gives him a lot of these nice, uh, bouncy, funny rhythms with uh, quirky melodies, and like um, it's a hard song to play, but. That one. You hear it, right? Yeah. Boom-pa, no, to- yeah. boom-pa, totally. boom-pa. It's uh, that's a signature, and that's not very Sabbathy. No, at all. no, but so it, I completely it, agree with you that he he maybe went more back to basics, like even beyond the the stone rock and yeah. into that weird as polka yeah I, I think it's uh, now when you played it it sounds really fresh if uh, compared to the other if it's fine uh, but yeah it's it's really really nice yeah no one knows it's a better riff I would say but I, for nostalgic reasons I, I went with uh, uh, Lost Art yeah but it, there's a lot of air uh, in between when you play uh, on the offbeat right or uh, how is it, does polka yeah, work yeah it's on the yeah on the on the on the offbeat yeah. It has to be right. Yeah, so, bah, boom, bah, on the snare. <laughs> and I think that uh, it's like to play that with distortion and like play really like heavy music, but it's like this. It's and it doesn't become ska or anything. It's just like it's polka, polka metal, and the, the polka polka rock, polka hard rock. Yeah, and, uh, great vocal melodies again in that song. Get these pills to swallow. Yeah, na na na. Very nice, right? A little bit ghostly. Yeah, this is also have voice. This like uh, that sort of like uh, this. uh, I don't know. This swells, yeah, like volume swells. Yeah, but it's a bit carnivalesque. It's a bit like uh, spooky, maybe. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's. uh, I think uh, what happened. For me, there there is um, there is one great song off of the last album. No, the album before that, I stared at the ocean. I think it's really good. Yeah. Other than that, I think they he falls in the trap that he laid for himself. So he makes everything is has to be complicated now. Like it's 
I think it, I think yeah, there is some good songs uh, for sure, but I think he makes it more complicated than it needs to be. He he thinks he's making stuff simpler by you know taking away notes, uh, but I think I think he makes stuff more complicated uh, by adding a lot of weird parts, um, a lot of like uh, as he as he sees it like fresh ideas and like things that um, he really wants to hear and. Um, I don't want to hear it. I don't know. It's just like doesn't yeah. speak no, to me. No, I agree completely. I really love when he's. I think he's also. I really enjoy when he safe. when he, he talks about it. You know, like uh, uh, yeah, I want to make music for that I like. And he does. Uh, I heard it was a great interview with him on Joe Rogan of all play, of all uh, podcasts. Uh, but where he's Josh Holmey makes is really funny. Uh, but mm-hmm. yo, he misses all the jokes. I, he, it's a, I don't know. They're if quite he's, different characters, aren't they? Yeah, Joe Rogan very and, different. And it's two two alpha males, but they're like on different part of the spectrum somehow. Yeah, very different breeds somehow. Yeah, guys. I, w- I would say that uh, <laughs> Joe Shomi is like an omega male somehow. Like you know, like he he's on uh-huh. he uh-huh. he's on the ad. He's like yeah, the furthest you can go, but on the whole different spectrum. Uh, but he, he as he describes it like he makes in, interesting music for himself and he recalls a uh, long time ago when he, he was uh, on the road with Caius and they talked with uh, and they, they really enjoyed playing every night they played different songs they were like oh this is so exciting I really wanted to play this riff uh, in Texas I really wanted to play this riff uh, in California oh, it's so exciting and the band they were uh, they were supporting were like yeah how can you play every like? How can you be so excited? It's so boring. I just want to go home. <laughs> and he just didn't. He didn't want that to, to be. Uh, he didn't want that to lead him. He want. He wanted to make. He wanted to be excited with making music. Sure. I really like when he says that. But I listen to the music he makes. Uh, yeah. No. I'm again, not. I think he's he's not really taking any risks. It's not exciting, in my opinion. It's mm. very safe. Yeah. Like he's more. I mean, this is by by no stretch a fact, but what I hear, he's more concerned about sounding cool than making interesting music. Maybe that's... For me, it's uh, a little bit of vanity in there, in my opinion, which kind of drags it out, because now that I think of it with the riff from No One Knows, I think that Songs for the Deaf is an excellent album, and I've heard people praise it highly. Yeah. And I think at that time, I was already sick of his style because of two albums, had uh, I had listened to two albums before. So I think it's like it doesn't hold in the long run. There's not mm. enough risk, yeah. in my opinion. No, it could be, could be. But I think I mean we'll probably return to. I mean there is there is more to say about Caius. You know there is. Uh, I think there is more to say about uh, that sort of the whole uh, '90s uh, take on Black Sabbath and where where that led. Like, I mean there are still there are bands that were uh, uh, in the des- desert scene that is continued you know like the other parts of the other members of Caius uh, still play similar yep. music I think Brant Bjork we should shout out a bit uh, interesting guy um, and drummer of Caius right yeah first drummer uh, but I think that's that's for another episode for sure yeah I guess we're all riffed out for this week aren't we <laughs> I think so I think so but it was fun uh, it, it was, I was I felt really bad for not uh, for not uh, hearing that riff but I think it is in fact part of the context of the song I mean the, the I think yeah an unsung hero of uh, Queens of Stone Age is the other guitarist uh, Troy van Leeuwen I think it's really Leuven 
this uh, Dutch uh, Dutch uh, surname. Really good uh, session player. Uh, really, uh, he he's really tight. Uh, I think he plays with a couple of other bands also. Yeah, he's like he's a, he's a very professional guy. That's the vibe I get from him. And I don't think Josh Home is messing around too much with uh, with crappy musicians. No, I think he tries to steer a tight ship. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'll play us out today if that's um, okay by you. Please do. But uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and. Uh, uh, as you know, by, by now, we're doing this for fun. But uh, if you want more people to hear from us, which we really want to, uh, please give us a five-star review on uh, the service that you're using. Uh, mainly Apple Podcasts. That's the, where the review system is, is at hand. Uh, there are no reviews on Spotify, etc. Mm. But yeah, reviews help us uh, rise in algorithms. And that, that is the biggest uh, podcatcher. So please do if you feel like helping us out a little bit. All right. So... Uh, Another riff, another week, uh, another episode. Great fun as always, Ole. Definitely. And, uh, talk Thank to you, you so much. next week. Woo!